Welcome to The Leadership Guide, the show that takes you from peak performer to legendary leader by helping you unlock your heroic potential to emerge into who you are meant to be. On today's episode, we have a conversation with Daniel Hahnemann and discuss martial arts philosophy in business, the importance of interdependence and collaboration, the quality of a true master, why the situation you're in matters, the aspects of passion we don't talk about, and how it all ties to leadership. I'm your host, Cody Dakota, founder of The Leadership Guide, member of the Forbes Coaches Council, and finalist for the Extraordinary Award for coaches with ideas that can change people, businesses, and the world for the better for my ideas on leadership. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to discover how to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders with the goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofit causes which are currently looking to impact the world and make it better for future generations. Now, on to the show. Hey, Daniel, how are you doing today? I'm great. I'm so very happy to be here. Awesome. I'm happy for you to be here. <laughs> oh, man. So, so Daniel Hanneman. Wow, I almost messed that one up. Daniel Hanneman, tell us about yourself, all the awesome things you're working on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited. I have working with, yes, Amita, emerging leaders uh, from my own perspective. I'm, I'm really excited with meeting with uh, new, having new clients and meeting with new people who are up to big things in the world, people that are ready to cure cancer because they already have an 85% success rate of doing it holistically. And, you know, just, I mean, just all kinds of people are, are, are working on whatever they can do to contribute to bring more good to the planet and the world and shift the consciousness and get the technologies and the things that work already into people's hands and to infuse that through podcasting and the message out there, right? The, the cures are there and, uh, you know, the old ways of doing things don't have to exist anymore. And one of the things I'm up to too is, uh, doing retreats, taking people on. I'm doing a lot of things, but I'm doing retreats for people where I'm taking transformational leaders to India with a partner of mine and bringing them together and having them really get deeper in their connection with, with spirit and allowing their vision and their, their power and their leadership to come to a new level and to be able to spend time together as a community and envision uh, a retreat center for ourselves that we call Transformation Island. So that just right off the top of my head, those are like some of the kind of cool things that are on my plate right now. And uh, it, it's a lot of work, you know, you know how it is. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun. You can make sure I get enough time, uh, decompression time as well. And uh, it's quite a journey. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it does sound like you're working on some amazing things. One thing that just that really, really stuck out to me was you, you were talking about cancer there for a second. And um, that, that one's sticking big in my mind because one of my best friends from back home, I've known this guy since I was like a little child. 
um, our parents went to high school together and then we grew up together. One of those kinds of friendships. Um, he, he was diagnosed with brain cancer, uh, maybe, Ooh, what would it be now? Maybe five or six years ago. And then it went into remission. And then I actually literally last night found out that it's back again. Oh. And so, so yeah, so that one's, and, and then I've had, uh, different people in my life uh, who've been important to me um, fight cancer. And most of them have beaten the battle with cancer, luckily, which is awesome to yeah, hear. Awesome. Um, and, and the way technology is going and, and new discoveries are being made, um, the, the future of cancer seems really awesome. But mm -hmm. um, what exactly are you doing in that area? Just because I'm really curious. Oh, I'm not doing anything directly myself. I'm supporting someone who has a big vision for doing that. has been doing it for decades, but who wants to spread the information and help other people to be able to do what he can do as a practitioner to help people with that. So that I mentioned him because he's one example of people I get so excited to help. They're wanting to deepen in their own connection and their own uh, deeper vision and all that sort of thing. And that's what I, what I do. I help people to get inwardly deeper connect. They realize it's not just like get out there and just do stuff only. No, it's something much far deeper, far grander than that, where we get so connect, interconnected and interlinked with life and the opportunities that are there that we start co-collaborating with not just, you know, the universe, as we say, but all, intimately with like the right people too. Like that's what's really exciting to me. It was bringing communities together that are awakening spiritually and get it and want to spread that through their messages and their works in the world. So that's why I brought that up. I'm just like, man, it already exists. You know, and just, just because there's such so much of the old energy, we could get into conspiracy theories and the realities of that. But like, it's just like, yeah, just, you know, just, rather than fight against what is it's like okay that's what's been like let's just bring this and know that it's happening a lot of times what i find with innovative things is they keep getting um people will stop to do them because they do feel intimidated they feel they're they're a risk um whether it's just fears or real tangible potential uh dangers like you know people have been known to you know, I mean, there maybe it's conspiracy theories, but people have been killed, you know, showing up and with new innovations and stuff that go against like the establishment. So, you know, but me, I love supporting people energetically because that's one of my gifts is just holding is an energy healer and everything. It's like I hold the space for people to safely be able to bring their gifts and our energy and their visions forth. And I just, uh, feel, you know, I, I love to be a champion for that. Definitely. I 100% understand that because that's a lot of what I do too as, as a coach. Um, that's that's kind of something that we're called to do. One, one of the, the really important things you were talking about in there is that interdependence, right? It's, that, it's, it's the concept that you can't do everything on your own and I can't do everything on my own. But when we unite in our strengths, what's achievable is amazing. And we're able to, to bring forth these awesome things like ways to battle cancer or break down establishments that we know aren't working for the better good. And, and, and it's only when we come together as a united force that these things actually even become feasible. 
Right, right. That's true because they're not working in isolation either. So like, they've got lots of people working together. So it makes sense that we need to work together. And I, I've tried, you know, I've tried like my own experiment over, uh, you know, if we look back, I started off in therapy, uh, becoming a therapist, you know, got a master's degree in cl uh, clinical psychology and, and we got all these different jobs and stuff. And I, I just, as I got on the online world though, as my, my path went that way, ultimately, I found like, as I got on the online world, it was all about collaboration. If I wasn't collaborating, I was just making it a lot harder for myself. And even when I've experimented at times trying like, well, maybe what if I get less collaborative? What if I try my own thing? And I'm like, for me, um, especially maybe it's not true for every single person, but for me, when I'm up to in the world, it's like every time I stop collaborating more, it's like, that's where all the energy goes down and like the impact goes down. And it's just like, okay, that doesn't work. No more partnership, more collaboration. <laughs> and you have to be mindful about it. I think that's something that is important. I, I talk to people about that a lot. You can't just, Oh, we're all collaborating. Let's just do whatever. You have to be very discerning and really like, does it really feel right? And then work through like the relationship dynamics that come up when we're partnering in a business with someone or we're partnering in an adventure or we're just partnering to do a podcast or whatever. Sometimes, you know, the, the more in depth the thing is, is there's a lot of energy to be exchanged and, and worked through. And that is so amazing if you're willing to work through it. You know, just, oh, I'm feeling really heavy about this and just good communication. And that way we can move things forward often um, rather than like, oh, it got weird. And, you know, I just decided to be out. Right. So that's OK. But it's just like we can find like a lot of healing, a lot of strength by moving through those things. Then we will look out in the world and we say, oh, it's a mess. Well, if we're moving through all that stuff. We're helping to create the world that that we're looking for by being willing to get down into the details, speak our truth in any connections, you know, any collaborations we're in with people and just, just hash those things out. They, they put us in our power. They put the other person in their power. Everyone's respected. Everyone's loved that way. Uh, we approach it correctly. And it's just, yeah, it's just the most amazing thing. So a big part of what I like to teach people is about embracing love everything you know love everything that comes up in, in in your life your collaborations whatever it may be but like when we embrace everything there's literally nothing that can stop you i mean we can all get caught up in our challenges at moments but ultimately it's like everything just feeds like the invincible you know love and lights and laughter and goodness of everything ultimately from that place so that's that's where the real true power is for me it's um a big piece of it anyway Definitely. And, and I, I think, um, I think that love honestly is one of the most powerful forces in the world, if not the most powerful force. Some people might argue with me about that. That's okay because I I'm willing to stand out and say that. I think that it's, it, it, it's either the love that allows us to really create and achieve amazing things or the lack of love that creates the the separation and the disintegration of things in, in the world. And so like when people find themselves in isolation, it's because there's a lack of love, either because they're not looking for it and, and purposely distancing themselves for one reason or another, or because other people have done it to them, which is, which is a sad reality in life. And something that I think 
we need to work towards is how do we create better connections with people? And, and the underlying force of that is love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so <clears throat> I know that when your personal dynamics, like I want to get back to the challenge of it for me, I have run into my shadow with that at times. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm feeling maybe if it's someone who's like does things similar to me, it, it, there could be moments when it's so synergistic. And then at times it's like, Oh, I'm feeling really like jealous or I'm feeling like you're, you know, if I'm partnering a JV partnership, it's like, Oh, but you just took some of my clients, but I would forget, like I just gained some new clients from them too. And it doesn't matter because it's all circulating anyway. And it's, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. So, but like your stuff comes up in the process, but working through those and partnership, whatever it is with people is, it is. It's so it's, it's where the growth is. That's where people say they want to grow their business, everything as you know, Cody is like, that's where the real growth really happens. That's what makes everything really go ultimately when we are in action with everything. It's, it makes everything, you know, moves much more smoothly in an expanded way in a deepened, beautiful way and creates great results on every level uh, too. On every level you could think of impact, money, everything. Definitely. Yeah. And, and there's, there's kind of two theories to, to the, um, to the, the, how the world kind of works. Um, and obviously there's tons of different theories, but this is a generalized one that a lot of people think of. A lot of people think that either the world is a, is a, is a pie, right? And I need to get the largest chunk of it that I can, or the world is filled with abundance. The way I like to talk about that one is the, the world is like a field, right? And if we all come together and work the field, we're able to create more crops to spread the wealth, right? Mm-hmm. And so I personally subscribe to the second option, but it can be really hard to look at the world that way sometimes because mm-hmm. we do have all these things that come up internally like, oh, we're doing very similar things, but they seem so much better than me or, mm-hmm. or the opposite where you see them and you're, you're like, uh, I'm way better than them. That's just, <laughs> right. as, that's just as damaging and dangerous, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, absolutely. I don't know why this is a place to bring this up, but I'm thinking about like martial arts. We've had some conversations yes. having fun, right? Talking about the little bit I'm in, you're like way ahead of me with what <laughs> decades more than me. I don't, I don't yes. know about that. Yes. <laughs> at the same time like that comes up to me and because it's like like I was saying that I don't know why we were getting really into it and like I was like yeah well the true master is in whatever level you're at is the one that's constantly the most humble ultimately because like well I I know better you know I know I'm constantly learning I might one of my te- my first teachers in martial arts oh he always used to laugh uh, he was from a Korean champion or whatever a national champion and uh, you make all the sounds when we do the fight and bang and all this stuff. And it's just so fun. And like one of the things he said once, uh, he was incredible. You know, I got all my stories like you do about the people you've trained with, <laughs> twisting the bag around his foot and stuff, all this stuff. But like, so, but he talked about like, yeah, if you win gold medal and you're jumping up and down, you fight on the, me- the gold medal and you think you're champion, you're not, you're loser, you're a loser. Like, he's really <laughs> emphatic about like, you don't need get- no, you're a loser now. Like, because you don't get it, you know, you don't get it. Like, you know, this is a process of constantly deepening and growing. And I think that's one of the things if people make a commitment to that in uh, their entrepreneurial or business endeavors, whatever it may be, anything in life really, but like 
when you're so committed to that and you realize whether you feel like you're at the bottom or you're at the top and you're st it's still all the same in a way, you're still just constantly deepening in, in who you are and your expression in the world, that's where it's at. That's the, the deep, deep centered place. That's a great orientation for your life. And so I guess that's why the martial arts <laughs> analogy came up into my mind. So it's, it's beautiful. Definitely. And, and I, I, I'm so happy you brought up martial arts because <laughs> I, just, I love martial arts. And I, I think a big part of the reason why some of the greatest masters in martial arts have that kind of mindset, right? That they don't see themselves as the best is because they understand how fragile the, the, the level of the best really is because there can only be one person at a time who's the best. And there's mm -hmm. usually hundreds, thousands, maybe even more people that are also aiming for the best. Yes. And especially in martial arts, it only takes one good hit mm -hmm. to change a fight completely. <laughs> even if yes. it's a completely lucky hit. Um, right. I, I, I remember uh, I, I used to watch MMA a lot more often. And um, when, when I was watching it more often, one of the big fighters during that time was Anthony Silva. Now, mm -hmm. Anthony Silva, he's a tremendous fighter. But I remember watching Anthony Silva, looking mm -hmm. at his technique and everything. And, I, and I, I remember watching it and saying to myself, wow, he's a really terrible form. Right? <laughs> like he, yeah. He has, awful awful form but he was the top fighter for a good period of time why because he had extreme power behind his techniques they were they were yeah. not thrown out very well but when he made contact he made contact right, and right. it was it was bad i watched i watched multiple fights where he was fighting someone who was significantly better than him than him mm -hmm. as a fighter and he right. went in because he got the one hit that ended it like that. Right. And that it's so easy to see that in the martial arts world. Right. And his his technique also ended up becoming his downfall because he fought someone who who was not a better fighter than him, but who was technically a lot better. Their yeah. their technical skill was phenomenal, and mm -hmm. they they literally threw their leg up, and Anthony Silva threw a roundhouse kick and snapped his leg around the other person's leg because right. his technique was so bad. Right, and right, right. That ended up being his downfall. Right. But, but that's, that's how fragile that best yes. position really is, you know, because yes. it can end just like that. Yeah, and it's all the ego mind perception anyway. Like, you, I won, I won, I knocked you out, right? <laughs> <laughs> you hit, right? That's all it takes. Now you're the champion of the world. I mean, any person could knock out a champion potentially anyway, right? No, yeah. now I'm the champion. <laughs> One yeah. proper hit, you know, you never know, right? <laughs> exactly. And then, but, but then at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean that person is better, no. right? It, no. it just means that at that moment, they won the battle. Right. Exactly. Right. And, and, and so often, right, I, I feel like we get, trapped in this concept of I want to be the best mm -hmm. and it doesn't serve us well because right. it, it's not about being the best of everybody because that that is just a, a ephemeral thing anyways it will go away at some point right whether with age with time with resources whatever it is it will go away at some point mm -hmm. um 
but but more important than being the best overall is being the best version of who you are and that's where i feel like in especially in martial arts the the greatest masters really really understand that is mm-hmm. i even if i somehow do make it to be the best fighter in whatever league that you know with whatever rules they have for that league right mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean i'm the best version of myself right and it also and and also if i don't reach that that doesn't necessarily mean i'm not the best version of myself either right Right. I mean, it, it reminds me of Mike Tyson outside of martial arts, but, you know, with boxing. Oh, no, like, that's still martial arts. That's just American. Right, right, right. right. It depends on the steps I would consider martial arts. Too, but anyway, he, you know, right. He was suddenly like seemed unstoppable, right? But like on a technical level, you could say, oh, then the bo- they started realizing, well, distance, like the, 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 the no brainer stuff distance, like, okay, he's got short arms. Like, we'll just keep him away from us. And, uh, We'll be fine, right? So that's how primarily how people beat him, it seemed. And uh, but I, what I wanted to say also as to what you're saying is like he he was an he's just an angry, rageful man, right? <laughs> the only way he got love is by killing people on the ring, right? That's where he got his love. And so when that when he was no longer a champion, then he was really really in a hard spot, right? And then what happened is now, now you know he's. No, I don't know in detail of his life, but I've heard him talk and he's like, yeah, boy, I, you know, I've had a lot of problems in my life. And you know, I look back and I feel sorry and I feel sad for who I was actually, rather than like proud, like, boy, I was this great champion. It's like, well, I realized like I was really messed up <laughs> you know, in reflection, like, no, not champion, like really messed up, you know, so it's, it's really interesting. Definitely. And, and that happens so often to so many of us. It's, it's, it's a, a kind of a disease in many senses. We, we kind of have this, um, this mindset that's been in, like ingrained in us through our, our educational systems that there's this concept of the best. And if we're not the best, we're automatically failures right? Even, even the way the educational system is designed, right? If you're not the valedictorian, you're just an okay student. And if you're just an, and if you're not an okay student, you're a failure. And if you fail at school, you're going to fail at everything. And Mm -hmm. like, that's not necessarily true. Can it be true? Definitely. It can be right? right. But how many, how many stories are there of people who completely flunked out of high school Right? right, or didn't even go to high school and have gone on to be the heads of amazing businesses. Now, I'm not saying that happens every single time. I'm not saying that's the norm, mm-hmm. right? But it's not the only determiner either. No, not at all. I mean, we know a lot of cases. Uh, Einstein, you know, is considered an idiot and all this stuff. Like the stories go on and on. You know, from my own my own uh, experience, I was told when I went through my master's degree at the end, it was like. Boy, you're so tuned in. I went, you know, because I'm a, you know, intuitive business coach, master intuitive, so I'm really tuned in. I know what's going on. So they're like, boy, you're amazing. You know exactly what's going on with people. And I have like some of the students come to me, ask me about their case studies and stuff. But then they were like, but you're so, you know, you're so different with how you you approach your clients. Like you're just listening and like, what's that all about? I'm like. I'm <laughs> I was working with clients on another level that I didn't even know what I was doing exactly. It was just happening. And 
So they thought, well, there's a deficit here, obviously. You don't look like everybody else. So, you know, there's a deficit. You need to look like everybody else. So I, so I got, like, that was part of, like, a demerit. Like, I was getting held back. I was considered, like, you know, like, they saw my gifts. They saw I was a good student everything. But, like, no, you've got issues. So uh, anyway, so I went through that. And then I got a bad fit in my first job outside of my master's degree. And then I got fired from that job because for whatever reason, like I did one thing wrong and they just didn't like my fit there. And it's like, okay, you didn't do what, it was some simple thing. I'm like, oh, okay. And like, anyway, it was just like, but you have to find the right fit. You have to find the right place to share your gifts, to share your brilliance. And that's where you'll find the success. You just be like where you felt like you didn't fit in where there you just finally flourish like nothing else. And it's a matter of just finding the right things and landing with them. It's always is. Otherwise you do, you feel like a fish out of water because you're out of your element. I mean, you're not doing your thing. I mean, like, again, if we take the martial arts, we could talk about it all day, right? So you could be like an amazing, amazing at, uh, you know, jujitsu or something, Brazilian jujitsu or something, but like you're a horrible, you're not really good at striking. No matter how much you practice, you're just not that great at striking. You're just mediocre or something, right? But you're amazing at the other thing. So it's like, if you try to be a champion striker, forget it, you're not going to make it. But Brazilian jujitsu, you got it, right? So like, or whatever, uh, you could be an amazing uh, life coach, but you're you're just horrible at like fixing computers or something. <laughs> so of course you always feel like a failure, right? I mean, just common sense really ultimately, but like just it's a great reminder for for our audience and for all of us really. Definitely, and and because because you brought martial arts up again, <laughs> the the one style of martial arts that I always think of in, in this context, it's it's a style called capoeira, which if you've ever seen capoeira, it's one of the most beautiful styles of martial arts in my opinion, um, mm. it, and its history is awesome. It was actually brought to um, Brazil by um, African slaves. And the, the African slaves were not allowed to practice martial arts because they were slaves, go figure, right? And so basically, they weren't allowed to practice martial arts, but they had to figure out some way to be able to defend themselves. Oh, so they heard, go on. It. I've heard about this. Uh, oh, it's I've heard it's about awesome. this art before, believe it or not. Go ahead. Yeah. Tell us about it, though. Yeah. And so they disguised their martial art mm -hmm. as a dance. And so when they're practicing, they've got instruments out, they're all playing instruments, they're chanting different things. And you usually have two different people doing these moves that look like a dance, but they're actually very, very finely tuning their bodies to be able to do this very specific type of martial arts. Um, now, when you actually study like this history of this martial arts, right? You, you've seen in like today's world that your MMAs, your Muay Thais, your Jiu Jitsu's, a lot of uh, your Krav Magas, these, these styles have kind of come to the forefront. And it's because they're really well designed martial arts for cage fighting, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you almost never see a capoeira martial artist in a cage fight. And mm -hmm. the ones you do see there, they usually get their butts handed to them. Sure. And you're, and, and you're like, oh, that martial art may not be good, right? Yeah. But the In thing that is, situation, that's not good, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Capoeira was designed by, for African slaves to be able to get away from people who were attacking them. So it's designed to very quickly and efficiently get away from multiple attackers at once.
That's why you have these different flips and things. It's very hard to take someone down when they're flipping all over the place and when they're able to move 10 feet really quickly, right? But when you force them into a cage, it's just not designed <laughs> to do that. Right. <laughs> There's no space. I can't move. <laughs> exactly. And, and that doesn't mean the martial arts not amazing, right? That doesn't mean they're a terrible fighter. It's right. just you, you're trying to make the fish climb a tree, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, now, once you change, change, you know, you have all these different rules, it's a whole different ballgame and a situation. That's why martial arts, you know, we could talk forever, but like, yeah, all, there's so many different scenarios of martial arts. So, but it's, if you equivocate that to, again, um, business, life, and stuff, there's so many scenarios in life. So if you think, oh, I'm well-equipped for whatever, yeah, right? <laughs> like, you know, I mean, you, you're not well – I mean, I, 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 this, we, you talked about Bruce Lee on a podcast before, which I recommend to people <laughs> if they like martial arts. You have a whole podcast uh, around that. And so, anyway, I just with, – with, with him, he was constantly learning. I mean, he only – like lived what 32 years so like yeah still died he, really like, young yeah he was like constantly studying night and day it's not like he ever thought like well man like i don't need to learn anything else i i mean i'm just crushing it and i, I can handle anything now he he knew like there's endless learning there and that's true in life like if you think you got many of you think you got it handled look out you may you may get your, your butt handed to you in business or life i mean you've got to constantly be like on your growing edge, so to speak, right? You have to constantly be learning. I mean, that's just part of the joy of life when you embrace it. It's just, it's just a constant. So absolutely. Definitely. And, and there's always more to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like even at the things you're amazing at, there's always more to learn, right? Yeah. I love martial arts. I've learned so much martial arts history and the theories behind these different things. But I can tell you, I don't know half of what actually exists out there. I mean, if, if you just look at the Chinese martial arts alone, there are literally <laughs> hundreds of styles of Chinese martial arts, literally, right? right? And then, like, every family has their own variation. And so, so like, the, like, like, Tai Chi, right? There, there's, there's five main, like, main styles of Tai Chi, but there are hundreds of variations of Tai Chi, and that's right. just Tai Chi. That's only one of the styles of Chinese martial arts. Right. Like, you, you can't exhaust your knowledge in that. And like, it, it's disappointing when someone in any field feels like they've kind of reached the end of what there is to know in that field. And mm -hmm. I, I don't care what your business is or what your trade is, right? If you're a salesman and you think that you know everything there is to know about sales, you're wrong, right? Yeah. Zig Ziglar, one of the best salesmen of all time, never thought he knew it all. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly, exactly. It just never ends. And that's something uh, I've always embraced on one level, but I've also resisted, if I'm honest. You know, there have been times yeah. when I resisted the idea of needing to learn, oh, I already know all this stuff. But I find like, um, you know, again, it's like the beginner's mind. If you keep with that beginner's mind, you can always gain more from, from even things you've heard a million times before. So it's not always like new in people, I think get too fascinated sometimes with only new information. It's like, okay, you might've heard this 5 million times, but maybe you need to hear it again. Maybe there's something else that's going to drop in that maybe you weren't able to hear the first 5,000 times. Right. So, you know, it's important to just constantly be in that open, receptive, place of 
being open to hearing something and, and letting it drop into you where it hasn't, you know, before as well. So yeah, there's uh, there, there's no limit to that. And the more I've embraced learning, I, you know, in every area, like if I find I shut down again, your growth shuts down, your sense of happiness and satisfaction goes down. Like, <laughs> like that's like when we're lifetime learners, we keep trying new things. Like, let's say you, you're like, well, I don't, you know, I'd love to, be able to do this or that, but I don't know how to get started. Well, just dive in, you know, whatever it might be. So like, I don't know how to create a transformation island. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm seeing about it. I'm seeing about participating and uh, making that happen. I don't know how to do it. That's part of why it's so exciting. You know, I don't know. If you don't know how, that means it's exciting. There's something in it for you. And uh, so that's what's, what, where the passion comes from. If if you don't want to learn about something anymore, my experience of that is, is sometimes it's resistance, but sometimes it's, it's that it maybe it just doesn't interest you anymore. You know, maybe it's time to get out of that thing you're doing. Like, I don't want to learn more about fixing computers because maybe it's not really your passion, right? So it just all kind of depends. But when you follow like the things you kind of, you don't know about, but you feel uncomfortable about, and you're willing to learn about that and go deeper, that's where the biggest growth is right there. Definitely. Now, now you, you brought this up and this is, this is a, a very interesting thing that people are debating in today's world, I feel. And so I'm just curious on your take on, on where passion plays a role in, in life in general, because it's, it's something that a lot of people are talking about and there's a few different viewpoints. So I'm, I'm curious, what's yours and what have you found to be the path on that? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. Yeah, we could go really deep here, right? You're that kind of guy, so we could probably do that. I think, I think for me, well, I'm, <laughs> I happen to be a passion test facilitator with Chris and Janet Atwood, if you, if you know about them. So I definitely have been talking about and teaching about passion for a long time. So we, you know, the simplistic part of it is we help identify, like, what are your top five passions? Put your, your attention squarely on those things, allow those things to happen in your life. So my take on, you know, there's a lot, it's a loaded word, like so many words, right? So who knows what passion means? It's just a word, right? We, we don't know all what it means. But for me, it means like, what is the thing that is in your belly? What's the thing that, that, that put in you uh, really that you're just so on fire about? And it may change somewhat to some degree throughout your life, right? You're passionate about this, now you're not, you know, it shifts, it changes. And then there's those undercurrents of certain things that for a lifetime or more, you know, you're just, this just lives in you. It's a passion, something that just never seems to really completely die. And those things are, are the things a lot of times the label is like your sole purpose or something like that, right? So this is like my thing, I've come here, or I might say my, your sacred purpose, whatever, you know, give it whatever name you want. Those are the things that are really interesting. Those are the things that when you really start, you know, living those things, like for the people I've helped, like healers and coaches, healers, uh, they're all, everybody's a healer type that comes to me. They're, they don't call themselves healers. They're, they're wanting to heal the planet. They want to heal. They want to heal some way. So, um, I'm a, so, so the, the passion that they have to, to do the healing it's like that is what will create the the highest again highest energy the highest success therefore um so so i don't know if i'm at, if i'm going down the, the 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 pathway you're talking about but if you're not following your passions and you'll never you'll, you'll just 
you'll you'll never i mean you could say like some people say like um oh uh, like some people have had success like a worldly success and said it wasn't their passion like i just got good at it i just put my nose to the grindstone but then i would say your passion was putting your nose to the grindstone to get this stuff done right so somewhere in there is your passion right so people could argue with me but i can find where their passion was within it that made it work passion in my world is required for highest levels of um, actualization success. Definitely. And, and that, that's actually exactly where I, I was going down. Cause there's, there's a lot of there, the, the two kind of different theories on passion I hear is you need passion, right? And if you don't have passion, you need to find something different. That's usually one thing or passion is, is, not what you necessarily need. It's great if you have it, but you just need to get in there and do the work. Those are mm -hmm. kind of the two big theories around it. And mm -hmm. for me, the way I see it is that you need to have passion, but you don't necessarily need passion for what it is you're doing. You need to, you need to discover how you can be passionate in mm -hmm. general. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so the, the direct work may not be what you're passionate about, right? but what it impacts might be what you're passionate about. Right, exactly. Your passions are in there somewhere, man. It's like, hallelujah. Yes, brother. So <laughs> it's in there. The passion is in there or, it's, you know, you just, you won't, you just will be miserable and you won't have the results you want to see in your life, et cetera. You'll just be suffering a lot. And that's what happens. People that don't live their passions, they suffer a lot. So living your passions really is a, um, you really, really step into it. It's to me like one of the things that came up as you were talking is really stepping into like it's a again it's another one of those loaded words. It's stepping into your power. It's stepping into what's real for you. And a lot of some people don't, don't will not step into their passions because they feel like well you know I might get hurt. Uh, maybe it won't work. Right? Like when you're playing as a kid and someone stole your toy or something. I don't know. Maybe it's it's vulnerable. Right? Because you're passionate about it and you feel like something could stop you. But truly, when you're really fully in your passion, nothing could stop you. Like last night, I mean, honestly, I wasn't in a great mood. I was, something came up in the business and I just was like, I was like in a, in a rage, a rage or anger that I just hadn't experienced in quite a while. And I went, to, I happened to be going to the gym, right? Going to work out. <laughs> and, and, and you can imagine, Cody, I was in there. And I was just like, I mean, I just like, I just felt, you know, how you get in those states where you're just like, it doesn't matter how many reps I need to do. I'm just going to keep going. Like, rah! <laughs> and like, yep. by the time I was done working out, and it felt, in a way, even though I wasn't in a good mood, it felt so good, right? It feels good to be in the energy you're in if you embrace it. If you're like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling that way, that's where you get, that's where you're off. You know, that's where you're not aligned with where you are. So I just got so into it. And then when I was done with the workout, I'm like, I, that was nothing. I could work out a lot longer. It's nothing. <laughs> I, I barely even, I don't even have a sweat on me right now. Come on. Like, I mean, literally, I just like, I just barely, I, my attitude is I just barely got warmed up and I was in there for like an hour and a half, you know? And like, I just, so it's just when you're passionate, my point of using that story is when you're passionate, it feels like nothing. Like when people say hard work, I say, screw that. No, it's about being in your passion, being in the state you're in. You don't always feel that passion. Sometimes you're passionate for a nap, a day off, a week, a month off. Okay, that's your passion then. 
But like you, you follow the energy and where it's going, it's invincible and it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel effortful, effortful because eff, the sense of effort often just comes from resisting what wants to happen. So when you're not resisting what wants to happen, it just flows. Your energy is just amazing. And that's where it doesn't feel like it's an effort or hard work anymore. And that's the place I like to guide people into as well. It's, 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 uh, yeah, it's really, it's really cool. The discoveries we can make around what's really like, what really can be possible for us when we do that. Definitely. And, and, and I, I think this actually gets a key, uh, into a key misperception with what is passion, right? Because mm-hmm. I think there's this, this overwhelming belief that passion is like this force that always makes you feel wonderful and amazing and the world is full of butterflies and rainbows. And like, if I don't feel that, I obviously must not be passionate, right? Right. What I found more true than that is usually when you do feel passion, you feel all the range of emotions at a higher level, right? It's it's like a more energetic feeling of whatever that emotion is. So so if you're, if you're sad, right. But you're passionate about the thing you're sad about, you're going to be more sad, but you're still passionate. Or if you're angry about the thing you're passionate about, you're going to be at a higher level of angry than if you weren't passionate. And it, it's not like passion is this like feel good. Yay. Like sometimes it is right when things yes. go right and you're passionate about it. Yeah. Like you, you've seen people at the Olympics, they are passionate about the sports they do. And when they win, Oh, you know, they won, right? Because it's that high level of passion. But right. at the same point, you see those same people at the Olympics who didn't win and you see right. the lowest levels of low especially especially when they were right there when they were just half a second behind someone else or like they were winning and fell at the last second or like that's where you see just the lowest levels of low yeah yeah absolutely you're right and it's for those yeah in that case like but if you're closer you might feel even worse like but I was so close, I can't live with myself. Like, I, I could have been there, I could have done it. So yeah, and so you're right about this heightened emotion thing, I think is really important because a lot of times we try to, in the spiritual realm, you know, a lot of my clients, of course, healers, energy healers, intuitive healers, and healer types, we, they're, all, they're all spiritual types. So it's like, usually the idea in the spiritual land is like really is like you know the emotions yeah we are feeling good or forget it i'm out right <laughs> so like, <laughs> that, that's the myth we tell ourselves right yeah. and like like if it's spiritual like if like as a christian right there are so many christians that are like god is good and so all things should be good right but like that's that's not how it plays out like how many how many really good people in the bible went through these periods of major anger right right, right, right. or and like to the point of yelling right you you, you have you have um you have people literally wrestle with god in the bible like that yeah. is one of the stories is wrestling with god over something mm-hmm. that that is that is a, a part of that passion. And, and so often we try and, and diminish it and it's, it's a natural part of it. I feel. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And uh, we have to, yeah, we have to, yeah, embrace the full, like you said, that we, we embrace, I mean, you, I thought you said it, but like, it came to me, it's just, again, <laughs> we have to, 
embrace the full range of uh, emotions. You know, we, and by doing that, yeah, and they might get heightened. I think like for myself, maybe at times, but like I definitely have seen that in my clients. It's like when those, those emotions get heightened, they start thinking like, because they're spiritual ideas, I'm only, I'm only in the right place if I'm feeling good. They'll be like, well, I'm feeling really sad or really angry. And then I, I must be going backwards. Like I actually feel more angry. And so <laughs> I, so actually everything I've done isn't worth anything right now. <laughs> I've been spending money on coaches and everything. That's <laughs> going all wrong. This <laughs> is why did I bother? Right. That's kind of the perpetual question in my circles. Like, why did I bother to incarnate? Why did I? Why am I bothering with uh, this this world? Right? And it's like, <laughs> when you start to realize like how juicy it is the emotions and how fun they are when I embrace last night. I wasn't. In, I can't say like on one level I wasn't enjoying it. Another level I was totally enjoying it. Right? So yeah. There's that part that just totally like it is, and I it just is right now, and I'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts because I know it won't last anyway. So here we go. <laughs> exactly. Oh, like and and like uh, yeah, martial arts. I, I remember. Um, I I was the um I was the vice president of the martial arts club at my university. Um, I they they wanted me to be the president, and I had other things going on, and I'm like, I just don't want that responsibility. So mm-hmm. I, I was they they wouldn't let me not have a position, but um. I, I remember this, this uh, one time we were, I, I was sparring with this guy and this mm-hmm. guy was hardcore American style boxer. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so really, really good, really, really fast. And I, I went into the, to the sparring match and, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to see if I can go toe to toe with him in, in more of a boxing style mm-hmm. because my background was much more Taekwondo, which is a lot more kicks and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what my natural strengths were in, in my practice. But mm-hmm. I said, I'm, I'm, go- I'm just going to try and go into this and see what happens. And, oh, my goodness, he, he, get, he was so fast. Like, I could not see his hands moving. And he got, he got me really good right in the uh, – he got me perfect with this knee. It was, it was the most beautiful knee I've ever gotten right into the stomach. <laughs> knocked the air out of me completely and I was down on the ground and like in that moment right I'm on the ground trying to breathe and it it sucks because you can't breathe and you're like this sucks I just want to breathe at the same time I had this like euphoric feeling like I have never seen someone move that quickly and land such a technique so perfectly like that to be able to experience that was amazing and even though i'm on the ground trying to literally can't breathe there's a euphoria to it and and i think that's what happens when you're fully passionate about this is you even in those times where you can't breathe because it's so painful or you can't breathe because you're so angry or you, you know, you, you can't see the light because there's so much clouds, right? You're, you're actually like almost more excited for right. the other end of what can be. Right. Exactly. I mean, just having fun, you know, that's one of the things I always talk about is, is you got to have fun. Um, I hear that from so many. I mean, again, there's always exceptions where they say they're not having fun. I even believe that crabby ones that say they're not having fun. They're fun to being crabby, having fun being crabby, right? That's the way I see it. So, like, you have to have fun. You really need to get in into it. And it's so funny. I have a story just like what you, you said, um, it's similar, um, just in that 
I had this mindset, like, I've got so much power, you know, I was in Taekwondo too, you know, and I was like, I've got so much power in my punches, which I do, I have a lot of power in my punches. And so I'm like, okay, that's it. So I was going against someone like five inches taller, like probably like 40, 50 or more, it's 50 pounds heavier than me. And I go in there, I'm like, that's it. I'm gonna show everybody how badass I'm gonna knock, see you gotta knock them backwards in Taekwondo with a, with a, with a hand strike, right? So it's like with a punch. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to knock this guy back. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Hit him. <laughs> just move an inch. Next thing I know, I get smacked around and I'm on the floor before you know. So it's like, it's like okay, I'm sitting there bang, bang, trying to do this ego thing. And like down on the floor, do you learn? Like, okay, you want to go with your ego or you want to go with what's going to work, right? <laughs> so like if I had just been thinking towards like what's really going to work, it would have been much more enlightened, but like at the time that was good for me because it was fun. And I learned like, okay, like, you know, you think you could do that, but like, maybe you really can't, you know, just, or maybe it's not as easy as you thought, you know, like just, you know, like, so there was a learning lesson that, that, in that, in that place. So when we get knocked down on the ground and we thought, Oh, I got this idea, you know, I, I can do this, uh, you know, this, this technique in my business or my, whatever it is, it's like, and then it doesn't work and you're crushed. Like, oh, I thought I would, it would be so good or I'm so good. Or, you know, you go to serve a client, like you thought your product or your service was so good and then it fails. And like, which happens all the time. Like most entrepreneurs, most everything fails. And then a few things work really well, right? And that's what like, oh, I'm this big success. Like everything else failed, right? So it's like a process of elimination often. Okay, those, those, I'm not so powerful. I can knock someone 50 pounds more backwards with my fist at this point in time. Uh, okay, let's show that one. What will work for me? And then you adapt from there. So I didn't stay with that tech, that, that, that style long enough to find out there, but like it, but it, sh it shows you that. It's like, okay, that doesn't work. Move on. What's next? Definitely. And, and within the world of leadership, that's so important because yeah. so, so often we, we come up with an idea or we come up with a strategy and we're like, this is the strategy that will win. Right. right and then right. we start doing it and it's not working. And then we, we, we stick with it anyways, because of our egos. We're like, no, this is what we said we were going to do. This is what we're doing. Dang it. And we're going to succeed whether we like it or not. And this is how we're going to do it, right? And, and then like what, what happens to that team or that organization or that business, it doesn't end up working because they allowed their ego to, to take over, right? Right, exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, absolutely. Um, we just have to be willing to let go of everything at any point is how I put it. Like, in any moment, you have to be willing to let go of even the most treasured thing in your life, whatever it is, anything, if a family member or anything. Spiritually speaking, for me, that's a practice I, I need to enter back into again and again at moments because the fear can kick in like, oh, but what if this and what if that? So whatever it is, like, what if I, what if I, every, I lose everything? Whatever. Who cares? What have you really lost? I mean, at the end, you know what I mean? In all eternity, you haven't really lost anything. You're everything is well at the end of the day so to speak okay everything's fine you know that's uh for me with my with my with my background it's like the idea the, the idea of like everything that's truly deepest and real it can't be hurt right it can't be hurt it can't be touched so when you come from that invincible spirit you realize you really can't lose ultimately obviously you always want to see the best results unfold in your life 
And if you have a detached, more of a detached sort of way of approaching it and yet be energized and totally into it at the same time, that's the, that, again, that's the magic sauce. It's all of that. Definitely. And, and that it's the perseverance, right? That, yeah. that deep internal spirit that well, some people like to call it the warrior spirit, right? Yeah. Or even when you lose, you don't really lose. You just get right. back up and you keep going. And you might be, you might look for a different strategy to get it right. done, but you never, ever give up. Right, right. I've heard you say that on other podcasts. I'm like, right on, brother. Like, <laughs> like, that, is so, that is so me. I've, I've got a t-shirt says uh, never back down or whatever. Like that, that's totally my attitude. Like, <laughs> absolutely. Definitely. And, and like, I, I think that's a, that's a lacking quality in our world today, um, which is really sad because so many people, they, they, they go for something and then it doesn't go their way and then they just lay there for the rest of their lives. They're, they're on the ground just basically crying about why it didn't go right that one time, right? right. Or, or, or even worse, they get something right and then they can't figure out how to get something else right. And they lay down and they die, right? Yeah. Your classic yeah. tale is, is the person who was the success in high school. They were the, the all-star quarterback. And then like down in life, they, they have no job. They're kind of just sitting around in RV park, drinking mm-hmm. beers, talking about the good old days. Right. And it's like, what happened? What, you were doing so many great things with your life. Why did you just give up? Right, right. Yeah, they can't handle the aftermath. They can't find their next act, so to speak. And you're right. And those are just, those are sad stories. You know, I think about um, like my mom. Like she had a success uh, doing accounting business, and uh, she's gone through a lot of stuff. And like the bottom line is, right now she's she's not making any money doing what she's doing right now. She's she's older now, and everything. But it's like she's doing something online. It's like she's filled with passion for. So she's like, she just talked to me today. She said, I just, uh, she's like, she's just, her whole energy, she's just like a different person right now. And she's like, I, you know, I'm not making really a whole lot of money doing this right now, but I just, I just have a feeling it's going to succeed because I'm just so into it and I'm with the right people to, to help me do this stuff online now and everything. I'm like, mom, I think you might be right. Maybe there is something here. It's, I do. I feel the good energy. Keep going. It's, it does feel right. So, um, so like that's a case of where, you know, you can lose your way for those that if you feel like you've lost your way at times in your life, you know, it's never too late. My mom's in her seventies. I mean, now, now all of a sudden she's finding something like she's coming alive and she's starting to take better care of herself too. Cause she found something that brings her that sense of connection and passion and self-esteem and everything. Cause she's feeling accomplished even without all the tangible results yet. And bring like just, like so many ways where she was neglected, she stopped smoking recently. I mean, she's not a hundred percent done with it, but like, she's like kind of stopped smoking. She's not doing it the way she used to after, you know, like however many packs a day forever. Like she's doing so many things are starting to shift for her. And it's like, and then, so my thing is like, just to remind all of us, you know, even at my age, like at 49, like every, like I'm a baby compared to some people and some people find <laughs> you're so young. But like, I'm like, sometimes that idea can creep up even in your 20s or 30s even. Like, 
Oh, I'm too oh, yeah. too old now. You know, it's it's too late. Or you know, it's the 60s and 70s. I hear it a lot from people. Oh, I'm old. You really think I can do that now? I'm like, you kidding me? You're just getting started if you have the right attitude. So exactly. you have to have that indomitable spirit. It does to, to subtract out the whole concept. Like, oh, but because I experienced this, I could never succeed now. Or I've experienced some of that in my life. Like, oh, I've had this now. That means this. Like your mind has to come to conclusions, right? And it's like, no, there's something really deep in there that wants to happen. It's just a matter of getting in contact with it. And that is part of the work I do is just helping to tune in to what is that and bringing that out and helping you to do that. And I happen to do that primarily for people who are already usually kind of know what it is, but like to evoke that. That's really important. Definitely. And, and like one of my beliefs is until you die, there's still something else you can do in your life. Right. Right. So if you're, if you're breathing right now, you can do something. Right. Um, and it, it can be absolutely amazing. Or, um, or even if the thing you do doesn't seem that amazing, the result of you doing it can lead to a chain reaction that becomes mm -hmm. something amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, how many times has a teacher said something to a student and that student went on to do amazing things, right? Right. And what if that teacher chose not to say it that day? Right. What that person that they would have never inspired that young mind to go out and do amazing things exactly. uh, like that. And, and so often we, we tell ourselves we have nothing left to contribute. Right. Right. And there's so much you can do in such a short time. People completely change their lives in less than a year. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time so so yeah. to shortcut yourself at any age right say that while i'm still alive there's nothing left that i can do baloney right. there's always something you can do right. and it doesn't have to be a grandiose thing like right. starting a multi-billion dollar business that <laughs> you know saves the rainforest and ends global warming like <laughs> like you think that's what calling is like go for it Right, right. Go for it. But like, that's not most people's calling. No. Right? And, no. and if, even if you're, you're, what you have left to give is just to inspire one more person right. to do something better in their lives, mm -hmm. that can dramatically change the future for the better. That Absolutely. Tiny act. Yeah, I mean, it's true. We see, there's so many examples. I, I, I just, one always stands out in my life of all the people I've, you know, helped because I'm in the helping profession, you know, I, and we all help all the time anyway. But like, but I uh, just like, in it, it was before my, you know, career or whatever even kicked off. But I was, um, I was actually a reading teacher for a while in grad school. They had me helping college students learn how to read. Kids are trying to get into college in a way. They're developmental students. So I was helping, and uh, there's a lot of like uh, kids in there that were from um, not a lot, but some that were from like rough backgrounds and even in gangs still. So one of them that was from that background had been shot earlier in the year, even um, in there, and he was struggling with his reading tests, and he's about to give up. You know, when people give up, and he was like this at his desk and everything, and then he just happened to peek up and take a look at me. I did one little thing. I went. Just put my thumb up and I do like that. I'm showing you right now, Corey. And it's all I did. 
And he just, he just was like, he didn't do this. He kind of looked like tipped his head or whatever. He's just like, yes, sir. Like, it's just like, he just landed for him. And he's like, that's it. And he just dove right in. By golly, he passed that test. He barely made it, but he passed that test. And ever, and then when I saw him, you know, like every time I'd see him after that, I'd just be like, it was just that love that was so deep and so profound that I felt with for this young man. You know, it's like, I just like, just the, I just by the grace of God, you know, I don't take the personal credit. I it is a thumbs up, but like, and yet it was huge. And yet that's all it takes is the point too. Like, I did may have changed his life. Maybe he threw in a towel. Who knows what's next then, right? So it made a big difference in his life. I felt, and you know, it's this very as simple as giving someone a thumbs up could change their whole life. Like we hear these things all the time. Hear yeah. all the time. Cody on people's these podcasts, right? We heard it at the news media summit that we were at. They're like, yeah, someone listened to my podcast said they decided not to kill themselves today because of what I said. It happens all the time and it happens in life all the time more than we realize. Definitely. And and that's that's the power we have in today's world. There there are so many people that are just they're so disconnected. They're so isolated. And they they don't see anything going forward right Mm -hmm. and 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 to to simply give someone a thumbs up or to simply say hey how's it going and actually mean it not just say it as you pass right Mm -hmm. but like actually like stop and say hey how's it going right Mm -hmm. or to wave at someone as you pass by in driving right Mm -hmm. or smile at someone when you walk past them at the grocery store those little things have literally changed people's lives. There have been so many people who were getting ready to kill themselves that day. And someone's minute act of kindness made them decide not to kill themselves. And they went on and did something in the world. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So don't... Please do, do not listen to people that say, like, we can't just kind of be loving kindness anymore. We need to do more. Like, just, just calm down a little bit with those people. Like, be a little leery of the, those, that kind of energy coming from people. Yeah. You know, uh, this more thing. You know, we, we're kind of falling into that with the save the world stuff, too. We have to be a little bit careful with that stuff. But we're just feeding into the same thing that created the problems we're saying that exists. It's the same energy dynamic. You think it's for the good, but it's like, creating a similar dynamic so instead it's like what like i said with like uh the, the stuff that i want to bring forth the, these people i'm supporting it's not about like we got to bring down the establishment <laughs> <laughs> i don't find that to be the right approach personally maybe maybe that helps in for some other causes or some some people the way they, they need to approach things but like for me it's more like Let's just focus on like what wants to happen, you know, because it really is scientifically true. What we put our, our attention on is the reality we live, period. End of story really is, is what we're truly putting our attention on ultimately. And that includes the undercurrent, of course, people say subconscious. I mean, it's all that, but it's there and you can sense and feel it. So what are you putting your attention really on? That's what's happening. We keep putting on struggle, how you're struggling, how the world's struggling, how the end of the world's coming up. And maybe maybe that's what you're creating for yourself in a way. But if you keep putting your focus on what it is you really want to experience um, that's really true for your and your passions, then everything, 
that's what's going to happen. It's scientific. I can prove it with any single person on the planet. Come to me. I'll, I'll show you how it's true. Absolutely. Every single time. Because I do this passion test with people. Every time I measure everything, like, well, let's see. Which passion are you really living the most? And, and rate, like, how much they fulfilled it. It's always directly proportional to the amount of attention they've been putting to it. If you're not putting your attention on it, it's not happening. But your pure attention to it and not with the negativity at the same time and all your fears, it's happening. You know, we're all going to have negativity and fears at times. But if it's not your predominant thing, then that thing that we're focused on is going to come into fruition. So I think this, like, like I guess some people call this, like, LOA 101 stuff right now. But it's, like, we have to remember these simple truths. At some point, the mind says always, it's not enough. We need more. There's something enlightened about that. but you know, it gets twisted into, you know, endless suffering and striving for something that is not real, okay, in, in my my in my perception. Okay. So it's like you'll never be satisfied. You'll constantly be starving, you know, inwardly when you could be and just enjoying everything. And that's why I said with loving and embracing everything. When you love and embrace everything, it's like it it negates its negative charge. It allows it to start to shift. Because all life wants to experience that embrace of life itself, which part of that is the spectrum of that is love. You know, it's just presence, it's love. And that starts to change everything. That is that ripple effect for sure. Definitely. And 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 thinking in that, one, one of my um, favorite lines that I like to talk about with that whole idea of like st- striving for more, right? is you need to be satisfied but not content right Mm -hmm. everything you have is amazing whatever that is you have even if it's the the very bare minimums awesome but continue striving for more right Mm -hmm. The, the the problem we have so often is we strive for more but we're also not satisfied with what we have right and so that, that, that creates this perpetual cycle of yeah. never have enough. Exactly. So I need more because I don't have enough, but then when I get it, I need more because I don't, again, I don't have enough. Mm-hmm. You have to stop that cycle and say, no, 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 it's, it's okay. I have everything I need. Everything I'm striving for isn't because I need it, mm-hmm. but I'm striving for it mm-hmm. because I want to, because right. I'm looking to become a better version of myself. I think to for me the way I look at it is that it's 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 a if we keep forward projecting that's where it creates that problem too like okay but I want to get there well if you you drop out of that and you're just living in full aliveness right now perpetually you naturally are going to have what we consider growth and new breakthroughs and improve and all those concepts like so you're naturally going to see that as long as you're just fully embodied and live in what you're doing and fully in your passion and all that stuff we're talking about right now. So as long as you're doing that, then like I was just talking to a VIP client today, he's like, yeah, I can see where I'm going and where I want to go, but I don't know all the steps in between. And my mind tries to figure it out. I realize I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to go too crazy trying to figure out all this because I don't know. Truth is, I don't know. I can try to map it out maybe that's right. Maybe it's not probably not right. It's not going to be the way it goes. So it's like, instead being the practice of being in the moment, sitting to know where it's going and letting the plans come to you organically rather than try to prefab the plans. Like 
Oh, this is exactly how I'll get there. That's how I've gotten in trouble with my training sometimes. Oh, do these exercises, do this, do that. But like last night, I was just totally creative and innovative. You know, I just like, okay, I'm just gonna keep lifting weights. And then after I can't lift anymore, I'll take a lighter weight and then lift more of that. Yeah, there's a, there's terms for that doing that, right? Okay, drop sets, this, that. I don't give a shit what it's called. That <laughs> was my thought last night. Like, I'm just doing whatever feels alivening and amazing. And that's 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 what's working for me right now. And uh, I feel like that's that's what we want to play. We want to just play with our own knowing more so. We take in like the wisdom of others, but like we have to just stay in the moment. What we know, what we sense is like that that edge right there in that moment beyond all concept. Like Bruce Lee's a great example of that, right? Like he's like the ultimate. He came up with the whole system, right? Jeet Kune Do. And he says, well, you know what? Maybe not so much, Jeet Kune Do. No technique is the ultimate technique is the way I say it. He said something similar. He's like, ultimately, you know, no technique basically is, 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 is where you want to go. <laughs> so um, if that makes sense, Cody, but like, you know, we need to get a place where we're just totally present because there's a master genius. I found sometimes I'm more natural and more accomplished in something when I begin it in some ways. Then after the instructor comes in and tells me what I'm doing wrong, what I need to change, right? Okay, you need to break that down, do this, do that. Okay, well, I'm way worse. <laughs> so like, you know, you 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 can add, yes, you can definitely develop, but you gotta always have the core of being, being awake in this moment and then in just letting the rest be added on to you. Definitely, yeah, because, and, and that happens so often. We, we get just caught up completely in the future or completely in the past. And the problem is, mm -hmm you know, you, you can't change the past and the future doesn't happen unless you act, right? If you don't mm -hmm. act, right, the, the, the past remains the past and you never mm -hmm. overcome it, right? And if you don't act, the future will never actually show up the way you hope it to show up. Mm -hmm. so you have to mm -hmm. act today in order to either overcome the past or to create a better future. It only mm -hmm. happens when you actually take action. Yes, yes. Okay, I got a five-minute warning over here, Cody. Right. I got to get going. <laughs> no worries. I totally understand that. So, um, Daniel, is there anything you want to touch on before you have to take off? Yeah, I just um, – just this has been one of the more enlivening podcast uh, episodes <laughs> I've done anyway, so I really appreciate the opportunity, Cody. I, you know, <laughs> I could have predicted it. I mean, you know, we were having such a great time even connecting through email. So um, I'm just grateful. I hope to come back uh, in the future and continue to uh, talk with you even sure. in offline too. Um, and uh, yeah, if people want to check out what I'm up to and what I'm doing, they can go to yoursacredpurpose.com. Uh, I offer free consultations for people that are the right fit. You know, people are wanting to step up into their power as healers, transformational leaders, spiritual entrepreneurs. And uh, you can also get a meditate and make money uh, uh, meditation and also understand four ways you can learn how to meditate and make money. So check that out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Daniel. And definitely anytime you want to come back, just let me know and we'll have another great conversation. I would love that. <laughs> awesome. Okay. It's been a pleasure, Cody. Same for me. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Leadership Guide.
please make sure to go onto your favorite player of choice and there, rate the show, then subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Then, if you truly want to be a legendary leader, share this episode with someone that you know will be impacted because legendary leaders fuel not only themselves, but others as well to their heroic potential. If you want to unlock your heroic potential faster, then you will want to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders who are dedicated to unlocking their heroic potential, unlocking the heroic potential of others, and where legendary leaders are born. The League of Legendary Leaders also has a goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofits that are actively undertaking causes to impact the future in areas including neurodiversity, character strength, positive psychological research, homelessness, and more. Seize the call now. Go to www.theleadership.guide and click Get Free Guidance Now to propel you on your journey to legendary leadership. I'm your host, Cody Dakota, and I'm honored to have spent this time with you today. My final message for you and listen closely. It's time. Wake up your heroic potential. Let go of your fears and anxieties, and let's discover what is possible on your journey to become a legendary leader. Emerge and become who you are meant to be. 